Hey guys, welcome back to True Crimes Untold. I'm your host, Jess, and this next episode is on the Kecksburg UFO. down over the hillside because they wouldn't let us down in and we could see the military walking around down in the woods the whole town still talks about it you can buy souvenirs and hear the locals talk about it at the kecksburg ufo store the money raised goes to the local fire department firefighters were some of the first there that night and a 19 year old bill weaver it wasn't too long before the army showed up and uh, there was the men in the uh, suits the plain suits they were the ones that were in charge Hello, all my spooky friends. That's my Dracula voice. Could you tell? I think it's pretty good. You know, could be better, could be worse. So how are you guys? Of course, I hope you're all well, happy, and healthy, and having a wonderful weekend. It's really rainy here, which is okay. I don't mind the rain, but it is so cold already. I feel like it could snow pretty much any day now, and that makes me sad. So, but of course, it's almost Halloween, and I'm excited about that. I'm sure you guys are too. So, I posted something on Instagram last week, just letting everybody know I did not upload an episode last Sunday because I was busy. You know, sometimes that happens. But on that post, I said I was going to be covering a huge government cover-up. Well, I'm not. I'm doing something different. I will eventually do that episode still, but I wanted to do something, you know, a little more fun, something local. So if you guys have never heard, let me tell you about the Kecksburg UFO. And like I said, yes, it is local. Um, It is about 30 miles southeast of I believe, of Pittsburgh. So Westmoreland County, you know, if you're ever in the area, you should check out the spot. It's pretty creepy. Anyway, let's get into it. On December 9th, 1965, a mysterious glowing ball of fire crash-landed in a small Pennsylvania town named Kecksburg. Many calls were being received reporting uh, widespread sightings of something strange traveling in the sky. The mysterious object was now making local and national news, and reports say many eyewitnesses saw the object fly over six different states. Like thousands, thousands of people saw the object in the sky. So there was no hiding it. You couldn't cover up that there was something up there, something that didn't look right. The report started around 4.47 p.m., stating a brilliant fiery object in the sky first began near Ontario, Canada, then over Michigan, Ohio, and into Pennsylvania. Many witnesses on the ground, as well as aircraft pilots, saw this fiery object move across the sky. As the object uh, continued to move through Greensburg, Pennsylvania, over Route 30 eastward, it then made a turn toward the south. It was zigzagging. It's like, I'm going this way. Uh, wrong way. Go this way. Uh, wrong way. And everybody was like, what the hell? What's going on up there? 
Many people watched as the object floated slowly through the sky over their houses and over their vehicles as they drove. One witness, Randy Overly, was playing outside near Norvelt at the time. He heard a strange hissing sound, and when he looked to the sky, in the distance he saw a slow-moving object traveling in his direction. In the book, Really Mysterious Pennsylvania, which is by uh, Stan Gordon, which is also where I got a lot of my research from. Um, just real quick, Stan Gordon, if you've never heard of him, he, I believe he is local. Um, I'm not sure if he's from here or not, but he writes books. He does documentaries all on like paranormal activity, Bigfoot, UFOs, because this area, southwestern Pennsylvania, is a hot spot for that kind of stuff. If you didn't know, now you do. All kinds of sightings around here. So yeah, he covers all that kind of stuff. So Randy told Stan Gordon in his book that the object was not like anything else he had ever seen before, and it had passed only about 200 feet overhead. Randy described the object as being brownish-gray in color, shaped like an acorn, and surrounded in a vapor. He also stated that there was different colored flames emerging from around the backside of the object. The object continued to move out of sight toward Laurelville. Another witness named Bill Buellbush was adjusting his CB radio near Mammoth when he looked into the sky and also saw the fiery object. Bill ran out to the road and watched as the object made a turn and then began to travel back in the direction of Kecksburg. The object seemed to be getting lower to the ground, so Bill jumped into his car and took a back road to the highest point to overlook the area. The road that Bill traveled on is now called Meteor Road. I'm not sure what it was called before that, but once all this happened, it did get changed. And it's a creepy little back road. You know, of course, no lights on either side, lots of twists and turns. Um, and then it leads you to the area, not the exact spot, but the area where this space acorn landed. And I swear, like, we like to go there when it's dark out, of course. But um, you can just feel that something creepy happened there. And it's such a pretty area, too, because it's like a big open field and you have to walk down through the woods to get to the spot, the crash site. But there's hardly any light pollution, so you can see the stars very visibly. And it's just nice. But... It definitely gives you like that chill factor, just knowing that something happened there. So the object seemed to be getting um, lower, like I said, to the ground. And then whenever Bill got to the woods, he could see from his vantage point, bright blue lights flashing in the woods. Bill grabbed his flashlight and walked into the woods. And what he saw, he said he would never forget. Not far in front of him was a strange metallic object partially embedded into the ground. Bill said he stayed safely behind a tree as he watched the object. He said that the object seemed like it was emitting something, like a blue electrical arcing. The object also had strange etchings and markings on it. And if you've never seen a picture of um, the, the space acorn, check it out because it is 
really cool, like these markings that are all around it. It's just really interesting. Other eyewitnesses said that they could feel vibrations and a loud thump around the time of the crash. Bill had stated that some trees had been knocked down from when the object had descended from the sky. When he noticed other flashlights from more witnesses headed to the woods to also see what had landed, which that would be me. I'd be like, grab your flashlights, boys. We're headed to the woods, boys and girls. He decided to head home and tell his wife what he saw. Bill remained quiet about what he saw that night until 1988. So years later, um, he just never spoke about it. And we'll see coming up why that could possibly be. Another, another eyewitness account from a man named Jim Romanaski also told his version of events from that night. Jim was in one of the search groups that came across the fallen object. Jim told Stan Gordon in the same book in an interview that he was not from Kecksburg, but was a member of another volunteer fire company. They were called out to Kecksburg that day in 1965 to help search for an aircraft that possibly went down. When the impact site had been found, Jim and his team quickly went to inspect the location, and they were all very surprised at what they were looking at. He had said it was unlike anything they have ever seen, just like the other ones. They've never seen anything like it. Jim was a machinist, so the odd acorn shape of the object was strange to him. He also stated that it looked like someone had taken an off-gold liquid metal and poured it into an acorn-shaped mold. He said the object was one solid piece of metal and had no fuselage, wings, seams, or rivets, which is super fucking strange. It appeared to be big enough for a man to stand up inside of it. Since the object was semi-buried, Jim estimated it to be around 10 to 12 feet or more in length and around 8 to 10 feet in diameter. The search party stood there for a short time, and their focus was suddenly broken by two men who appeared. The two men were wearing trench coats and spoke sternly to their group. They told them to leave immediately because the area was now quarantined. As the firemen were leaving the woods, they noticed military personnel entering. Local newspapers reported that the area around the crash site was sealed off by order of the U.S. Army and Pennsylvania State Police. On the news that night, KDKA-TV had live reports describing the military arriving and that they were searching for an unidentified flying object that had reportedly fallen into the woods. A UFO a UFO. (laughs) Sorry. According to a story from the Tribune Review, police officials, quote, ordered the area uh, to be roped off to await the expected arrival of both U.S. Army engineers and possibly civilian scientists, end quote. Civilian scientists. I was like, what is that? I should have just went with my gut. It's literally a civilian scientist, exactly what it said. It's like an amateur scientist. But yeah, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Shortly after the crash, witnesses saw a military flatbed truck pull up, and then they saw the same truck taking a large tarped object out of the Kecksburg woods that night around 1 a.m., Reports were surfacing about men in dark suits who were working with the military at the scene. 
More reports from civilians stated that they grew more scared when soldiers aimed their weapons at them that night in an effort to get them to leave the area of the crash. Which is also fucking weird. Like, why would these people need to use military-grade weapons at unarmed civilians? I mean, I, I get it. I don't get the gun part. I get, like not wanting anybody to be there just in case there was like anything toxic being leaked. Just, you know, reasons like that. But to literally point your guns at these civilians and of course then to keep everything so hush-hush after that, it's obviously that they're covering up something, you know, that that's pretty serious. So yeah. The object was reportedly taken from the crash site to Lockbourne Air Force Base near Columbus, Ohio for a short period. The object was then taken to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base near Dayton, Ohio, and that's where the object stayed. A man working for the Wright-Patterson Air Force claimed that he saw a body that was four to five feet tall, four to five feet tall. I kind of like blended that together and weighed about 80 pounds and had lizard-like skin. (laughs) It could have just been like somebody who, you know, really small person who's been like tanning their whole life or something. I mean, you never know. It could have been. I don't think it was, but it could have been. Many theories over the years have circulated as to what the object was. People say it could have been a Soviet satellite, a Soviet ICBM, a missile, a meteorite, a projectile fired from a giant gun in Canada, which when I read that, all I can picture is like this oversized handgun just shooting oversized bullets, you know, from Canada. They come all the way over here and then they like zigzag through the sky. I know that's not what happens, but that's what, like, that's how I want to see it happening. So, um, or of course, a spacecraft from another world, which is what I think. There was a conspiracy that the object was space debris or an American aircraft. The United States Air Force's UFO investigative operation, Project Blue Book, eliminated the idea of space debris by their report. Project Blue Book reported that no United States space debris was, rep- was reported re-entering the Earth's atmosphere that day. Redfern states, quote, As a result, elements of the Air Force took careful initial steps to try and resolve the mystery, but publicly at least could find no evidence whatsoever that either an aircraft or a missile was a definitive culprit end quote. So they're like, nah, it wasn't either of those things. Sorry, but it wasn't. And of course, Project Blue Book, you know, they want it to be an UFO, I'm sure. So they're gonna really investigate that. So witnesses claim that they were visited by men in black style officials, reminding them not to talk about what they saw that night. The TV show Ancient Aliens covered the story, and their theory was that it could have been a top-secret Nazi craft known as the Bell or Die Glock. And the reason why they think that, I guess, is because they compared 
the space acorn to this Nazi craft, the bell, and they were pretty similar to each other. So that's why they're like, okay, this could be this, which definitely makes sense. A craft that there's, it's like a spy craft, you know, coming to get intel. So that's not unbelievable. Ancient astronaut theorists suggested that the sub, that the object could have been a time machine which, okay, I'm about that one too. A reporter for a local radio station, WHJB, John Murphy, was among one of the first people to arrive at the scene. He claimed to have taken photos of the object and created a radio documentary called Object in the Woods, in which he describes what he saw that day in his attempt to investigate the crash. Before his documentary could ever be aired, John says government officials visited his home and confiscated the photos he took. Four years later, John Murphy was killed in a hit-and-run accident while vacationing in California, which is really sad. I mean, I'm not saying anything. I just put that in there because it's, it's a fact. It's the truth. It happened. You can make your own mind up. It's just strange, you know. It seems like he had a little more than just his word, you know, so, and he wanted to come out about it. The show Unsolved Mysteries was also interested in covering the Kecksburg UFO. Before arriving in Kecksburg to film for the show's episode, Unsolved Mysteries constructed a life-size replica of the space acorn and brought the prop with them. They left the acorn prop in Kecksburg, and it was eventually placed on an elevated platform on a hill for people to come and see, which it is really cool. I actually have a few pictures of it from when we were there. I'll have to post them in these pictures that I post in general. In recent years, experts and researchers have tried to pressure the government and NASA to release the Kecksburg's documents. In 2003, a woman named Leslie Keene requested the NASA documents be released for a sci-fi channel show about unraveling the mis- that mysterious night. She did receive the documents from NASA, but could tell that there were some missing pieces in the file. The theory is that NASA got rid of, the- of certain documents containing information about what happened that night. No. What? No, NASA would never. They would never do that. Hmm. A lawsuit was filed against NASA in 2003 to release the documents from the military investigation. A NASA spokesperson told the Associated Press in 2005 that, in fact, a Russian satellite was discovered on the site. But one of NASA's own scientists debunked this theory in a study of the orbital analysis of all known man-made crafts orbiting at the time of the crash, which I love. I'm like, hell yeah, this dude's like, or lady, I don't know. It's like, I'm not going to lie for you, NASA, okay? I know there was no man-made crafts in or around the area of the time of the crash, So good for you. Good for you for doing that. Many conflicting statements and scientific studies have been abundant over the years, and the question still remains, what landed in the Kecksburg woods that night? Fifty years later, and the incident still has such a lasting effect on the town. 
In 2005, a UFO store was opened in the town, and every year the town holds a UFO festival that brings many people to come see the life-size space acorn that is mounted by the local fire station, which it is cool. It's a fun festival. Um, All kinds of different vendors, food, um, you know, just fun stuff. A lot of like wood, woodwork, um, people carving like Bigfoots and all kinds of cool things like that. So it is a good time if you're ever in the area. But of course, with COVID, womp, 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 it didn't happen like the last two years, I think. So yeah, which is sad. The festival has alien-related activities, entertainment, and also displays exhibits on other mysterious creatures like Bigfoot. The festival allows witnesses, investigators, and experts the opportunity opportunity to share their stories and theories. Stan Gordon, anomaly researcher, states, quote, It's a mystery, and after so many years, it would be great if we could find that conclusive information about what it was that fell from the sky that night in 1965. But it might be one of those things that we may have never have the answer for. End quotes. And you are correct, Stan. We may never 50 years later. I mean, I feel like we pretty much do have the answer, but you know, like he says, like conclusive information. So, and the fact that like they hid definite like paperwork and files on what happened that night obviously has to show you something, right? Like they're obviously hiding something. If they're going to hide what happened, what's the point of hiding things if, if nothing strange happened there? But I'm telling you, I believe in the next so many years, they're going to be introducing us to a tall gray. His name might even be Bob, you know? So it's happening, people, though. It is happening. UFOs are real. Aliens are real. And they are out there. I am a believer. But anyway, of course, thank you for listening. Thanks for joining me. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at True Crimes Untold Podcast. Um, On Spotify, hit the subscribe button and you'll get weekly notifications with new episodes. And I will see you guys next weekend. Bye.